Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. forget where we were collectively on that day I remember the phone call that I received and exactly where I was parked when I received that phone call and I remember the long pause in my mind in my heart because I couldn't even in all honesty I could not even comprehend it and as it was repeated more than once the initial hitting of the tower and then, of course, as the news began to unfold of the second tower and then, of course, the Pentagon and then a plane in a field in Pennsylvania, it was a day, as Brother Rayleigh said this morning, that has forever changed us. And um, I read something this morning. Someone uh, had posted that, I believe Brother Woodward, if, I'm, if my memory serves me correctly, that the enemy intended with that blow to take us to our knees. They underestimated the power of what would happen when we went to our knees. And so I'm thankful for the presence of the Lord that um, arises in our heart and to understand the value of being able to turn to the Lord. As Brother Corin said so many years ago, you never know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. But at that moment, you realize that Jesus is sufficient for whatever we may have. I'm going to ask you to stand, if you will, and I want us to just honor not just the lives that were lost on that fateful day, but I would ask us also to honor the families who, of course, have never forgotten and who could never forget. But today, and this anniversary is underscored in their mind, that empty seat in their chair is highlighted. That empty place in their heart echoes even greater today. And so I wonder if we would just pray for them. Let's don't just say that we pray for someone, but let's pray for them as a congregation that the Lord would touch the families that were affected by, by the tragedies of 15 years ago today. Can you do that? Let's just join together. Lord, I'm asking you this morning to touch those today whose lives have been forever changed. Would you let the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost, we have no way to measure how far reaching the ripples of this tragedy has truly been. And we have no way of calculating the number of lives that were affected and are affected. And I pray this morning that you would uh, that you would just touch them and comfort them. There were some children who are now in their adulthood, Lord, who lost parents and friends and family members. And so we pray today, God, that you would touch them and strengthen them and help them to know that we are 
not a nation that just talks of prayer or not a church that just speaks of prayer, but we humbly ask you, God, to touch them and strengthen them today in the Holy Ghost, I pray. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. I want to remind our leadership of our meeting uh, immediately following this service. And uh, so if you will be prompt, we would greatly appreciate that. I want to take just a few moments. I know a lot has been said about our men's conference and and, uh, our ladies were also uh, privileged to be a part of a conference in Gainesville as well. And so it's been a very rich and full weekend and we appreciate all the participants in that. But I was thinking last night coming uh, as I got home and was just sitting in, in the den just trying to kind of pull all of the pieces of everything you've heard at one time together into a collective thought. And um, I appreciate the fact that we have vehicles and tools that can help us to be better at what God has called us to be and to help us define that. I, I talked Wednesday night about the purpose of God and God has a purpose in life and that we all have a respective role and place to fulfill in life and that we need to seek that with everything that we have. And so I want to stay true to that. I want to not just discover the will of God for my life for today or this year or this month, but I want to be a constant seeker of the will of God. But if there was ever anything that our society deserves today more uh, as much today as at any point in history as they deserve a church that is real. Amen. Someone that is real. And so in order to ensure that we are a church that is real, then we need to make sure that there is not a gap between this pulpit and the pew. Amen. There's not a gap, a, a a disparaging gap between what is preached or what we say that we believe and what we live out in our real lives every day. And so I spoke Wednesday night and directed a lot of my comments to our young people, not to pick on them, but to encourage them. And so I would direct these comments to you as well this morning. It is not enough to just be apostolic when we are in this place, in this church, or we are at a church function. But what the world is looking for is someone that has something in their heart that they take home with them. And then in the morning, they have something in their heart that they take to work with them. And so our conversations are not just pure when we are around people that we feel like we need to be pure around, but our conversations should be pure at all times and in every situation and every setting. And to be sure, the enemy and, and others will test the limit and test the metal of the fabric from which we are made. And so I want to make sure that during those times of testings that, that I come out victorious on the other side that I would not just be a man or a person that would proclaim one thing in one setting and then and then have that chameleon effect that I just tend to blend into whatever whatever or what other situations I may be around or exposed to I want to be able to stand out I I think our Sunday school our senior class I think that is the theme or at least was the theme of uh, of one of their one of their lessons was about standing out. That was a carryover theme for our children's crusade to be able to stand out in a message that was being driven home uh, to our young people. But can I, can I just broaden that this morning with the help of the Lord 
and let us know that if, if there's something that we really need to do to be effective in this world is not to be ashamed to stand out. Amen. We ought to be the one in the room when someone's talking about things that are unsavory. We ought to be the one in the room that's not a participant a participant in that. We ought to be the one that says, at least in our heart, and I don't think we have to make a scene in order to do that, but I believe that silently our lives can speak and let the world know that there's something in my heart that this this walk with God means more to me than anything else, and so we need the presence and the power of God to touch us on a daily basis. I don't want to just be something that uh, someone assumes that I am. I've often use this illustration sort of joking in a, in a matter of speaking, but it's not a joke. If you want, if you're going to face surgery tomorrow, you don't want somebody in a rented costume. You're going to hope somebody has been to college and they have been through all the, the schooling and they have been through everything that it would take in order to merit that plaque that is on the wall and that would certainly merit them taking a sharp instrument to our body and doing some type of surgery. And so I say, Lord, help us to realize that that doesn't just apply to a surgeon or that just doesn't apply to any other multiple professions of life, but certainly that applies to you and I this morning. You know what people that are working with you are hungry for? They're hungry to make sure you're real. They're hungry to know that I am real. They're hungry to know that there's something in our lives that can hold us even in spite of the storm. Because as we hear so often that God doesn't always move the storms. He doesn't always remove the mountains or he doesn't uh, always take the, 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 the dips and the, pot, the potholes and the hairpin turns out of our life, but he will keep us in that. And someone is watching how we conduct ourselves in that. I don't know about you, but I'm moved when I read the story of the stoning of Stephen. I'm saddened by his loss and it seems almost impossible to wrap our minds around such a ghastly way to die. But to think that a man at that moment in his life would not feel as though his God failed him and furthermore to be so indignant in his spirit to say I will not fail my God as well. And so with a spirit, with a Holy Ghost authority upon his life, he knew in his heart that he wanted to forgive those that were taking his life. That's so hard and run so counterculture against the hour, the hour in which we live today. But I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost that doesn't just allow us to speak in other tongues. I'm thankful for baptism, not just to get wet, but I'm thankful for a, a power of the Lord that abides in us that is a keeping and sustaining power. Amen. Are we going to be the church that this world needs today or, or are we just going to be another church that's in the directory or on the roll or just taking up a little bit of real estate? I say let's rise and be the church that God has called us to be. There is, there is a push. There is a certain push today against a pushback. There is an ever-widening gap, if we are not careful, against what is here being preached here and what is in our home. But I'm going to tell you this, this morning that what we really need is for our parents to understand, and we heard some of this, this in the last couple of days, that we only have just a few hours together. And you measure that against the hours that we have outside of this building. We don't stand a chance. If this is the only place it's preached 
if this is the only time it's lived, if this is the only time it's declared, we don't stand a chance. But what we need is to allow the anointing of the Holy Ghost to deputize each and every one of us and help us to realize that in our home, we're gonna be holy. In our home, we're gonna be pure. In our home, we're gonna be prayerful. In our home, we're gonna be students of his word. Amen. In our home, our home is going to mirror what's going on in the house of God. Amen. Lord, help us to be anointed ever, ever again freshly with that, with that mandate that is placed upon our lives. Lord, let us be spiritually minded. Spiritually minded. I'm going to tell you what I'm making a plea for today. And I want you to hear me from my heart. Don't just hear my lips and my voice, but hear my heart this morning. I need you to help me. I need you to start thinking about church before Sunday morning. Amen, I need you to start preparing for Sunday morning service before Sunday. Amen, we can't just go do everything we wanna do and then show up here and then re- and think that we're gonna be vessels and usable and honorable vessels of the Lord. And I'm not just talking about sin, but I'm talking about the things that are in our lives to distract us. And so don't just let Sunday school teachers be the ones that are preparing for their Sunday school class or don't just let the a ministry of the church or whoever may be speaking or don't just let the musicians and the singers or whoever may be planning some part of the service be those that are thinking about church on Sunday on thinking about that on Saturday or thinking about that on Friday night or praying about that on Thursday I'm asking you to join with me some are saying some are saying what can I do to help you pastor what can I do to help you I'm telling you right now amen we can disconnect ourselves from some of this stuff going on in the world that may not be sins but they may be weights that are holding us and keeping us from what God is wanting to do in this hour. Hey, if we had church four hours this morning, if we were here five hours before we walk away from this service, do you know we are still so grossly under, under, uh, underscored against the hours that we're gonna spend away from this building. So I say, Lord, help us to be anointed. Help us to have our minds made up and to be tuned up. Amen. Help our minds and our hearts to get a hold of you. Amen. Amen. I want you to, I want you to pray for some direction for this coming Wednesday night. I want you to pray for some direction for next Sunday should the Lord tarry. God help us and anoint whoever will be singing. Anoint whoever is going to be preaching. Anoint me to be sensitive to your word. Somebody may need my prayer. Somebody may need my, my strength. Somebody may need what you have given me, Lord. I want to make sure, I want to make sure that I am making that contribution to the, the, to the eternal weight of what's going on in this house. We're not here just for entertainment purposes and we live in a highly entertained society. We live in, a, we live in an hour where everybody just wants to be entertained. We're just gonna come in and sit down and uh, one, of the, one of the ministers, I think it was Brother Huntley, said on Friday night about referring to this as a stage. This is not a stage. Amen. This is not a place of entertainment and performance. This is not where we come. We are coming into this whole house is the house of God. This whole house is a choir. We're not here to sing for you to judge our singing. We're not here, our praise teams and 
singers and musicians are not here to lead you in worship. We're not here to worship and entertain you, but we all collectively are singing to entertain the Lord. Amen. Our praises are going to go up. A sweet smell and savor. Isn't that what the Lord said about Cornelius? Amen. Your prayers, they've gone up. Your alms, they have gone up. It's been a sweet smelling savor. It got the attention of heaven. I'm going to tell you, I hope heaven knows we're here on Sunday. And I hope heaven knows that we're here on Wednesday because there's a sweet smell. There's a savor that is going up. There's something pure. There's something rich. There's something real. I want the spirit of God to touch my heart. I want to make sure, I want to make sure that I guard my heart. I want to make sure that I guard my home. I want to make sure that I guard my mind. In order to guard my mind, I've got to guard my eyes. I've got to guard my ears. I've got to make sure that the things of this world are not infiltrating with just some sometimes oftentimes subtle messages, sometimes not so subtle, but oftentimes subtle messages. Amen. We are inundated with sin. I'll take it one step further. We are inundated with perversion. I think it'll be all right to say this. Amen. I've, I've recently seen billboards and, and advertisements for Hardee's. Selling hamburgers. That is nothing more than just sexed lace seduction. Go ahead and keep your head in the sand if you want to, but I'm talking truth to you today. Amen. That's that's what our whole world, our whole world is exposed to all of this. Amen, we've got no business mingling with that. We've got no business playing with that. We've got no business holding hands with that. We need to come out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord. Amen, not holiness, hear me now. Not holiness with hatefulness, but holiness with purity and holiness with humility and holiness to know that God has called me out not to make me better than, higher than, greater than, but God has called me out and given me a voice in this day. And so I say, Lord, let something in my spirit rise up and and declare that's wrong. That is wrong. And I want to I want to make sure that the whole world knows that's wrong. I'm not just talking, that's just one. I'm not just talking about that's just one. One thing. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Our world is saturated with this until what is happening is the youth of our age are being desensitized to that. They're being desensitized to the immorality of our society and our culture and it's everywhere. And hear me, we are blind and deaf if we don't think there is a sinister plan behind all of this. It is the Pied Piper of Hamlin that is playing that sinister music that is leading a generation away from God. And so I say, Lord, help us to stand in our rightful place and help us to be what we need to be. I mentioned this recently to someone, um, I think just Friday as a matter of fact, but when, when we deny our station in life, when we deny where we are in life, far more happens than we would ever dare dream happens. And so if I can just use a couple of illustrations, I hope I don't make you too uncomfortable here, but 
If I could just use a couple of illustrations to sort of highlight and color in the corners of what I'm talking about. We're living in, a, in an hour today where men and women alike, and so there's no need to pick on either gender because it's certainly neutral. But we're living in an hour today where people want to deny there are men, they don't want to be a grandpa. So they leave their wife and go find them somebody 20 or 30 years younger and pretend everybody else is blind and doesn't know. And the same thing happens. Some ladies are saying, don't you call me grandma. You just call me Sue. Because we're in denial of our station in life. So here's what happens. When you deny your station in life, you deny the generation behind you the benefit of that station in life. Amen. Some of the greatest memories I have are my grandmother, my grandparents. I'm glad they were grandparents. I needed a grandmother. I needed a grandfather. I needed them to be a grandfather, and I'm glad they didn't deny them because they didn't deny their station in life. I had the privilege to benefit and gain from that station in life. And so I say, Lord, help us not to deny who we are. You, you may think I'm just talking about grandmas and grandpas. I'm not just talking about that. But when we, the apostolic church, deny our station in life, and we deny, we deny holiness, and we deny worship, and we deny prayer, and we deny dedication, and we deny consecration, and we deny faithfulness. What we do when we deny that station in life is we deny a generation behind us of the benefit of that station in life. Joshua went ahead and underlined it. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. He didn't rob the generation behind him because he embraced his station in life. And so I say, Lord, help us today as the, 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 the adults in this building, the parents in this building, help us to not deny our station in life. As for me and my house, we're gonna be in the house of God. We're gonna be not just here in body. We're not just gonna be here as a hunk of flesh, but we're gonna be here in spirit, in mind, in worship, in prayer, in intercession. And when somebody here needs the Holy Ghost, I got some hands to help lay on them. If somebody here and they need encouragement, they need deliverance, I'm gonna join in that army to be a part of that because I'm not denying my station in life. And when I embrace my station in life, I bless the generation behind me. I bless that generation behind me with what God has given me what God has given you. So help us to understand who we are and where we are. I will say today there is a blurring of the lines and that blurring of the lines is intentional. If we can get people to, to lose their identity as to who we really are. Amen. That's why the scripture is so succinct about identifying who we are. Distinct lines in the sand that a man would be a man and that a woman would be a woman. Amen. That we would be who we are, who God created us to be. And the scripture talks about effeminacy. 
Because what is effeminacy? It's the blurring of the line. Amen. It is the blurring of the line. So he's keep that line drawn in the sand. Amen. I say, Lord, keep us ever aware of who we are, our identity. I don't want to lose my identity. And what the world is trying to take away from the church is the identity of the church. And hear me this morning, so many churches are cashing in on that and just going the way of the world and there is no line and demarcation. There is no difference between someone in the world all the way and someone who goes to church every Sunday in how they dress, how they walk, how they talk, how they live, how they conduct themselves. Is this all right? This is not too early on a Sunday for this, is it? Amen, I say God help us in this day to keep a line of demarcation. May our ladies always look like ladies and may our men always look like men. May our ladies always act like ladies and may our men always act like men. I say Lord help us to understand that the responsibility of separation is not just on our ladies, that's what some would have you believe. Amen, but there's a responsibility on the church shoulders of men, that men would lift up holy hands, amen, without wrath, without doubting, and that we would indeed be the priest of our home, the spiritual leader of our home. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Brother Bobby. You mentioned this morning that we need, we need to be worshipers and to example that value of worship to those around us. Amen, I'm so thankful for that. I grew up in a generation, and many of you would understand this statement. I grew up in a generation where if it hadn't been for ladies, we'd be in trouble. We'd be in real trouble. But my heart is, my heart is overwhelmed when I look around today and I see, even in this local assembly, when I see the good quality of godly, moral men that God has placed in our midst. I'm thankful for every lady's prayer meeting that drugged the church along while men were trying to get it together. I'm thankful for every grandmother and every mother that went to church when their husband was at home watching football or working in the garden. I'm thankful for every godly lady that just kept pulling and pulling and pulling. But I'm thankful for the light that has come on in the consciousness of men. Amen. And that men will come. And I'm gonna tell you, you look around our church this morning and you see men that aren't just sitting back with their arms folded, but men that are engaged in prayer, engaged in worship. They're engaged. They're connected. Amen. Connected. Thank you, men. Thank you, men. Amen. Thank you. God, help us to be the church that we need to be. And so to these young people, I close in this comment and tell you that before you can even blink, before you can imagine, before you can ever dare dream, you will be an adult. Learn how to worship and pray now. Learn how to magnify the Lord now. Learn how to be dedicated now. Make up your mind today. Amen, today, today. I'm gonna be a worshiper. Amen, thank you for every influencer that's in this house, for every influencer, a part of our church, even those maybe not represented today. Every influencer that pushes us in the right direction. I'm thankful to be a part of the church and if you'll pardon me this morning, I say humbly, I'm thankful to be a part of this church. Amen. This is not the only church, but I'm thankful to be a part of this church. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's stand together. Can we do that?
Thank you, Brother Rayleigh. You challenged our hearts. If we just take some of those points that he made, pull them out. Amen. Don't let what he spoke on this morning just die. But I promise you, if you just pull some of those points out and let the Spirit of God in his word touch our heart, there'll be seed there that'll help us to grow into what God wants us to be. Amen. There's a mighty presence of the Lord. Amen. There's a mighty presence of the Lord. Amen. That is at large moving in this world today, in this in this house. Amen. I wonder if we would just worship him before we close this service. Can we just touch heaven one more time and let the spirit of the Lord strengthen us in Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.